Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Amen. All right. Hey, we want to get into today's message. I know it's Father's Day. And I just want to say this, dads, thank you for coming or being online. Here's what I know about Father's Day. Typically, uh, Mother's Day moms bring everybody. What do you want for Mother's Day? I want you to come to church. What else do you want for Mother's Day? Right? What would be your second choice? Right? Moms bring everybody out. Um, and then dads take everybody to the, to the river or to the lake or whatever. I totally get that. Because here's what happens. Father's Day, Mother's Day is like this big celebration of moms and moms are awesome and, and mom types are awesome. And Father's Day is like, come on, quick, get with it, guys. What's your problem, right? Dads get beat down on Father's Day. It just seems like, I totally don't blame fathers for coming because it's like, you bum, what are you doing, right? Be a leader. So you don't come. So I know that today it could be uncomfortable at times, but I'm glad that you're online. You're like, I didn't know that. What's he going to preach today? Maybe we should get up and go right now. I don't know. Um, But we're also going to dialogue about a few things today um, in line with Father's Day. I I think the thing that that we see today, the division uh, that's happening in our country, in our races and things, uh, really the answer uh, to that is prayer. And uh, we're engaged in prayer. And the other answer to that, another part of that actually is what happens in our home. I think change begins in our house. I think change begins in God's house and our house. And in fact, I think they work together. I think this church is a diverse church. We're taking our place, finding our voice, standing up, and hopefully leading the way in the area with diversity, and we're having a voice, and we're going to be a catalyst for change. I believe it also partners and translates in to changing your home, and that's one of the reasons why, um, even though we haven't necessarily, um, we would like to have more in-person gatherings, and we've had all these online experiences, I think God's turning that around to good, because I think for the last three months, um, there's been, a, there's been a, a presence or acknowledgement of God in our homes like maybe never before. I mean, you've probably sang more to God in your home, worshiped more to God in your home, opened the Bible more to God in your home, heard more sermons about God in your home, experienced some kids' experiences in your home. And I think God's doing something through all that, through his house in your house. And that's where real change comes from. Real change in the home begins with a, I, I want to say it this way, it begins, and this is part of the uncomfortable conversation, it begins with a father-type experience. Now, I want to clarify that. I'm not talking about having a dad or man in the home. There's a difference between having a man in the home and having a father or a godly father experience there. And we're going to talk about that today, and I believe it's going to be encouraging for everybody, and the Bible has some really great things to say. But in order for us to bring change about in a world that we live in with so much division and disparity, it begins in our church and in our home. I believe it begins with a a fatherly experience or a fatherly environment. And I believe that that's what God has established. We're going to look at a scripture. So I'm not going to share that by myself. In fact, I love that we have a diverse church. And so um, I'm going to invite some others on my panel. I've never done a kind of a panel discussion before. So this is the first time for me. But I want you to enjoy uh, the diversity we have as our church and our leadership. So Pastor Dave, would you come on up? Pastor Eric, would you come on up? Hey, let's welcome our other pastors when they come up. Thankful for them. Thankful for them. It's uh, one of those things that's really, um, especially in today's world, it's like, what do I, what do I say? How, how do I introduce them? To be honest with you, obviously, I've invited uh, one of our, uh, well, the, our black pastor and then our Hispanic pastor. And I don't know if that offends you. I don't know. And can I just say, I'm an equal race offender. I don't, you know, I'm just, I'm just am. And you'll just, you know my heart. And uh, I probably offend my own race more than any. And, uh, but my heart is, my heart is for us to find unity. And so I've talked, I think I talked to Pastor Dave and some other um, of our black uh, congregants. And I said, what should I say? 
Should I say African-American? Should I say black? And it was an interesting discussion. And so um, I wanted to say the right thing. And uh, he told me I could say black. It was okay. And then I had the same talk with uh, Eric on the, another leg. Like, are you Mexican-American? Are you, and Hispanics, what we settled on. Because I thought, well, what am I then? Am I German-American? Am I Scottish-American? If you look at Callie, like, she could be in Riverdance. And I think, well, you're Scottish or whatever. And so I don't know. I'm just, is it okay? Can I just say, I don't know. I love this black man and I love this Hispanic man. And we are one here at Tree of Life Church. That's all I can say. I don't know. All right. Thank you. Thank you. And okay. we love you. Thank you. Now the awkwardness is over. Well, yeah, it's just beginning actually. But anyway, so uh, I want to take a moment and look at a passage of scripture and let us dialogue through because whether you uh, are a black man or Hispanic man or whatever nationality or culture you are, whether you're, or your home is predominantly black or Hispanic or mixed or white, it doesn't matter. The principles of God's word are the same. How many of you guys know it's not a white gospel? It's not a black gospel. It's not a brown gospel. It's God's gospel, right? It's the Jesus gospel. And how many of you guys know Jesus isn't an American? I don't know if you know that. He's just not. He's not American. Um, and so, um, we, so we all, the gospel's for everybody across the world. Amen? And so um, these principles are the same. But I think it's good to look at a perspective of each home maybe to help us learn some more about each other and live more in unity in our world today. Because if this world really is going to change, if our country is going to change, it has to begin in God's house and in your house. And so let's take a look. First uh, Corinthians four fifteen through 17 says this. Let me read it for you. It says, for though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became, this is Paul talking, for I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then be imitators of me. That's why I sent Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, to remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach them everywhere in every church. This is so powerful for us today because I think it really helps soften the idea. See, one of the things that's uncomfortable about a Father's Day is not every home has a, what we would consider a father or a traditional home. Not everybody has. But let me say this. Even, even homes that have a male in it doesn't, have, doesn't mean that they're a father figure in the, in the context of the scripture. And so even if you're new and you are experiencing it for the first time and you're overwhelmed, let me speak this to that, that experience right there, then you too need this father presence, this father experience in your house. And aren't you glad that God is a father to the fatherless? So this is for everybody. So don't check out on me. And if you're a single mom, there's a father experience that can take place in partnership with the church which is what we see here. And so what he's talking about here, let's go back to 15, if you don't mind, guys. At 15, for though you have countless guides, he's talking about, there's a lot of countless guides in Christ. There's a lot of Christians. And some translations say teachers. There's a lot of teachers in Christ. But listen, a father experience is different than a guide or a teacher. And what happens in our homes because we don't understand our role or we don't understand or feel like we have the tools or the ability is we will default to just being a Christian. And can I tell you that there's a lot of things that are happening in our world today that Christianity is not stepping up to. And there's a lot of Christians that are like, I'm like, wow, dude, are you really a Christian? Because I'm watching you and it doesn't even look like it. And so there's a difference here between a, a teacher, a guide, and a Christian, and this passage really helps bring some of those things out. So I want to get to, to uh, other pastors here that are talking today. And so when we look at this scripture, actually, I may say this, Pastor Dave uh, grew up, you grew up on the, running the streets of Detroit, right? And uh, so uh, he comes from Detroit. Um, his dad is a pastor. You're a PK. I didn't know this till the other day. I put it together. Dave's a PK. Eric's a PK and I'm a PK and he's black and he's Hispanic and I'm white just to clarify that again. And, um, but Dave's dad pastors a predominantly black church and Eric's dad pastors a predominantly 
uh, Hispanic church. And look what God did here at Tree of Life Church. Come on, somebody. You see what God's doing here. And I, I, I want to say that this is by God's divine design. And so you need to know that if you're shopping for a church, that this is God's divine design, and it's just going to increase and get better. And because God is bringing people out of different places from different races and bringing them here to create a family, to have a voice in today's world, to bring about change, to be a catalyst of change, reconciliation and revival. And so I just, I love that aspect here with uh, these pastors, but you grew up in a African-American home, black home. And so when, in relation to this passage of scripture, can you speak to that for a moment? Yeah. Um, so my, my mother had me at the age of 19 and my dad um, was actually in college at the time. Uh, she ended up marrying, uh, uh, my, my, well, my father was in college. She ended up marrying my dad shortly after I was born and raised me to know him as my, my father. And when I was around about the age of 12 or 13, uh, she told me who my, my father really was. At the same time, she's married to my stepfather. So I've got a father, I've got a dad, and I've got a stepfather. And I, I, I want to say, because I know there's um, many people that are either watching online or here in the home, maybe your dad um, wasn't in the home, maybe he passed away, or maybe whatever the situation may be, maybe there was a divorce, my parents divorced when I was seven years old. Um, but I, what I want to tell you is that the interesting thing about the scripture is how Paul is talking about, uh, talking about that we don't have many f- fathers, but then in verse 17, if you drop down there, he says, that is why I sent you Timothy. That I know that there's not many fathers, and I know you may not know what a father, uh, a father feels like or, or what a father looks like, but that's why I sent you Timothy. And so what God did for me was though my birth father wasn't there, he sent my dad to help raise me and to, to be the man that I am today. And then he sent my stepfather to further solidify my identity and, and who God called me to be um, as, a, as a minister uh, of the gospel. And so um, if we just begin to open our eyes, we, may, uh, we can always focus on the fact that our dad wasn't there. But if we just look around, God has sent some Timothys in our lives. So, Amen. Amen. I, uh, and- And that's in, when you look at the scripture, it's in relation, I think, a partnership, if you will, in the church. And that's why it's important for everybody to be connected to the church because we have different experiences. Our homes look different and we may come, like Pastor Dave said, from a different environment where we haven't had a consistent dad or father, but God knows that and he knows you, knows what's happening. So he's created a bigger family to be a part of so you can engage with or have uh, father experiences, but it looks different for every home. It looked different from your home growing up. Yeah. um, So my dad's been in ministry since I was five years old and I think about like this, the way that we were brought up. And if you go back to uh, 15, it says, um, for though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers, for I became your father in Christ Jesus. And I think about my father, I think myself as a father, and just speaking to the fathers out there, like there's so many mistakes that we make. It is so difficult to be a father in 2020. It just is. There's so much happening. And so we often look at ourselves and we go, man, we just did a horrible job. And to some degree, we did, we made a lot of mistakes. But I love that it, he doesn't stop there. He says, for I became your father in Christ, where Paul is talking to um, the people there and God becomes our father. Like we've got to forgive ourselves and keep pointing everybody, everything towards God. We got to keep moving and remember that God is the way and he is the ultimate father in our household. And we got to give him that voice. He has to be the loudest voice in our household. 
Yeah. Otherwise, we're, we're, we're always going to be imperfect. Right. And, and that's important because there's so many voices out there. Amen? There are. Great. Uh, so many voices out there. And so that's why I think it's important to understand the scripture is not speaking because sometimes we feel like a Father's Day message, I'm not going to go today or, or I'm not because I'm, I'm a single mom or I'm left out. He, he's talking about a cooperation or partnership with the church and how it's important and vital for a church to understand its role and create fatherly, fatherly experiences in the homes. But, uh, and to Eric's point, what he's talking about here also is that voice because he says, though you have countless guides, hey, there's a lot of Christians in the home, they, but they've just defaulted to guides or teachers because there's a difference between a father and a teacher or a guide. And let me just, I was thinking this morning, actually what came up on my heart, some differences, let me share those real quick. Um, these are the things that I wrote down. Teachers disseminate information, but fathers pour their lives into people. Teachers are motivated by illumination. I want you to see this. Fathers are motivated by transformation, by change and growth. Teachers search for students. Fathers search for sons and daughters. There's a relationship component beyond there. Um, teachers have an intellectual, informational connection with their students. Fathers have a heart connection with their children. And, and, I, and I think it's important to understand that because of the voices round about us. That's the voice that you want in the home. Eric alluded to that. But let me, let me just say what, what we have to understand, and we're talking about father experiences and God will bring into the scripture, uh, bring into your home. And you see this in the scripture, for you have countless guides in Christ. You do not have many fathers. For I became, listen, he said, I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. And that, that phrase through the gospel just totally jumped out at me. It's not like just being a Christian father or creating a Christian fatherly environment. It's that your, your model, your, 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 your guide for living the way you live your life is filtered through the gospel. And if we have all these voices that are speaking out there and sharing things and pulling on us and stuff, sometimes we're, we're just caught up in it and we don't know what happens, the emotion of the day, uh, the division and disparity that's happening and all kinds of things, not even just on a racial issue, but listen, there's all kinds of voices speaking out there, but the voice you need to hear is speaking through the gospel of Jesus because the gospel doesn't care what color you are. The gospel doesn't care what background you have. The gospel doesn't care where you live and how much money you make. The gospel is the gospel. And so it is the voice. God has to have that voice. Why don't you speak to that for a second, the, the, the strongest voice in the house and how important that is for us to understand. Yeah, so one of the things Pastor Don was, was just talking about is how fathers are a part of transformation um, in the home. And what it takes is it, uh, it takes intentionality, Right. You know, we have to be intentional. The Bible says for us to train our, our children up in the way that they should go. It doesn't say that they're going to go that way. It just tells us to train them up and be that example. And we set the course and we set the path of the way that they should go. Because what, what will happen is, is if we don't treat, train them and teach them the things that, that we want them to know in, at home, they're going to learn it. And they're going to learn it out in the streets. They're going to learn it in the playground. Um, and as a youth pastor, uh, one of the things that we, you know, it's an uncomfortable conversation sometimes, is a conversation about sex. And, you know, that's a tough one to have. And a conversation about racism, it's a tough one to have. But we have to be the ones to, to set the example and to, you know, not just to tell them, uh, you know, what the world looks like, but to tell them from, from God's viewpoint. Um, I, I shared in first, first service, my daughter, when she was in fifth grade, they were in school and they were in a geography class or whatever. And they're looking at this map. And there's a country in West Africa, it's called Niger. And one of the kids in the class said, hey, this is where all the N-words are. And two things happened there. 
the fact that this kid knew to say something like that said one thing. It said that someone was being intentional in his home. The other side was that my daughter, because my daughter is the one who went and told, told the teacher, my daughter knew that that was an impro- inappropriate. And so the second thing was someone told her and was intentional that that was not correct and that was not a good thing to say. And so kudos to the school for taking care of it. The kid was suspended, but it takes some intentionality. And if we aren't intentional at home and teaching our, our, our kids, not the world's way, but teaching them the pure way, teaching them God's way, then they're going to learn it somewhere. And you want them to be able to learn those kinds of things from you, even if it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Amen. 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 And uh, first of all, first of all, the parents should have been suspended. <laughs> I don't know, uh, because, that, because we all know, right? We know that everybody's born pure. I mean, racism is learned. Things are learned in the home. Hate is learned. Um, selfishness is, is, is not learned. It's always there, right? You know, you got to teach sharing. But there's things that are learned in the home that everybody comes out with this understanding of equality. And we see that in children at some point in time because of the conversations in the home or the experiences they had, that thing could change. And so it's so important, as it said, as he said here, I have uh, fathers, many fathers, for I came, became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. The gospel has to be our filter. The gospel has to be the conversation that we have. And I appreciate what Pastor Dave said, not just from a race issue, but a sex issue, a gender issue, and all the other things and stuff that we might find divisive, that the gospel has something to say about it. But we have to be intentional, and we just can't assume that our kids are going to learn that because the world is speaking all the time. The world has a voice. Turn on the TV. The world has a voice and it's driven by circumstance and opinion and by emotion and and stuff. And there's certainly some injustices and things out there, obviously. And that's why we're having the conversation. We'll have more. But listen, we need to make sure we're listening to the still small voice or the stronger voice in our home. Because if we don't, we will end up missing the moments that we have to have in our home to create environments where our kid will love and accept everybody. What would you have to say to that? Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think it even goes a step further. It's, it's about unteaching our kids some of the things that they pick up, unteaching them that the ways that they're picking up in the world are not right. Every, we can give them all of the information when they're in our household, but the moment that they step out, they're going to experience all those other things that, and, and I used the word earlier, it's almost like they get contaminated, right, as they, as they go out. And I think about, I didn't say this earlier, but I think about the COVID experience. Like, we go back home, right, and we take off our face masks, and we wash our hands, and we, do we do that same thing with, with our kids and with our spirit, like with our heart? You know, we got to take that same intentionality with it and really spend it because they're going to pick up things. Like, you know, at one point, my son told me, you know, I don't know if my skin color makes me any less. I, I, I am um, jealous of white people because of what they get. And something like that can be so, um, so difficult for a young person to process and what they go through. And unless you kind of weed that out and let them know that they are valuable, they do matter, they do have a voice, they are just as important as every other person, and so is every other person out there. If we don't do that, right, and just think that because we're walking them out that they're going to get it, if you don't know all those other voices speaking to them, you've got to dig into that. And I, and I still think that all of us as fathers, sometimes we don't do a good enough job of that, right? Yeah, and so, and so, and so kids, amen. Absolutely. And so kids are not born with the ability to see difference. They're taught difference. And they need to be taught that there's a value to difference. And so we can teach them 
that there's a value to difference and we need to. And, and it's important because if different isn't valued, different becomes feared and what's feared is rejected. And so we need to intentionally teach our kids. And it's one thing and I think, and here's what I'm learning and I've, I'm learning so much because I've had my own experiences and just my own assumptions and didn't really know. And, and the events that happened, my wife and I were talking the other day, uh, maybe a week ago or a couple weeks ago. And she says, you're different now with things that are happening than you've been before. And it's, I, feel, I feel like it's because it's landing on me different because I'm, I'm, as I'm engaged in my relationships and stuff. And so I'm thankful for my uh, black relationships, to be honest with you. They've helped me see and understand. So it's landing on me. And I think it's important the more that we're engaged relationally, personally with people of different color that aren't like us, then we'll understand better. And they needed to understand. And they need to understand the difference and not just ignore it. Like ignoring it is a positive thing. Like, like I didn't realize that. I, asked, I think I asked Dave one day, it was like, um, so um, is colorblind like saying like, well, I'm colorblind. Is that offensive to black people? And he says, we want our difference to be recognized. That's where value is. And then value that. And so I didn't know that until I had this conversation. And can I say, I had this conversation with Dave because he's, he's my spiritual son. He's my black son. <laughs> he's my black son. So anyways, there you go. And so, so many relationships have helped me. But here's the thing. If we don't understand that, learn that ourselves and teach that intentionally in our homes through fatherly experiences and, and relationship and partnership with the church, then we're not going to answer the question or we're not going to change the, change the things that are happening today. Um, because what will happen is the world will have a bigger voice than what you have in your home if you don't apply spiritual sanitizer when they come home. And what will happen is verse 16 is interesting to me. And, and, and it says, I urge you therefore, or then be imitators of me. Hey, our kids are going to imitate somebody. Aren't you afraid sometimes when your kids go somewhere, you're afraid of what's going to come out of their mouth, right? It's like, well, I'm not sure where that came from. The neighbors must have been over with my kids or what? I'm not sure where that was. School. I mean, there's a couple of times we were mortified with some, when something came out of my oldest daughter. And we just like, oh my, I was like, she just said something. I said, Jessamy, that's your family. Your family talks like that. My family doesn't, but they're imitators. So speak to that for a second because it's important because it's one thing to say something. It's another thing to live a certain way. Yeah. Um, and I think we were talking, you know, the Bible says that uh, Jesus said that my sheep, they know my voice and the voice of a stranger. Um, they won't follow. And I, I kind of want to talk, go back to the, to the part where PD was talking and Pastor Don was talking about being colorblind. Um, you know, because we hear a lot of people say that, you know, I don't see color. I don't see color. And the intentions are good. Mm -hmm. It's not a, you know, it's not a bad thing for you, for you to say that. But to, to understand when you say, I don't see color, what you're saying is, I don't see your uniqueness. And I don't see the fact that God was intentional in how he made you different than me. And when, so when you say, I don't see color, you, you look at the, uh, you look out in the world and you see the different trees and you see the different animals, you see dogs and cats and horses, and you see all of these different things. There's different types of grass and different types of flower. And you know, the, all the environments are different. God was intentional in how he made things unique and made things different. So it's, it is a little offensive when you say, I don't see color. Cause I want you to see my color. I want you to see that God made me beautiful just like he made you and just how he made everything else. So I don't know if that answered your question, but it begins in the home. I mean, it begins in the home and that, that's so important because again, the, the thing that we will need to understand that we need to be intent, we need to intentionally expose our families to different or we'll reject different. 
And so, and then we'll, we'll be imitators of that. And going back to verse 16, uh, Eric, why don't you speak to that? Because it's one thing to say something, it's another way to act a certain way. Yeah, yeah. This, so this week I sat down um, with my son and we were talking about, uh, like, well, what did you, I, actually I started with the first question of, what have I told you about, like, race or anything? And, and I'm thinking, oh, I've said all these great things. And he's like, <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> You know, and so I, I kind of changed the question. I was like, well, what have you learned by being in, in our household? How about that? You know, and, and so he started talking about, you know, well, what I did learn was that um, every time that we encountered people, y'all guys, all, you and, and mama always made um, an intentional attempt to learn their story. You always told us to not discount people for their position, the way they look, what they're doing in life, how much money they have, and never let that be something that um, you that keeps you from seeing their value, right? And so I, I, I'm so... Uh, I'm, I was blessed to hear him say that, but I don't know that that I ever said, hey, let me sit down. It was through our actions that he saw that. And so when you think about what Christ did, I urge you then be imitators of me. That We've got to do that because that's what Christ did, right? He didn't just solve their problem. He, he gave them a relationship. He said, let's go eat. Let's go find, and yes, I go eat with you, no. But uh, let's go eat, you know, and so, or let's go do this. Let me go to your household. How many times does he say that, right, in the scripture? And so it, the imitation piece here is about finding out that everybody's got a story. Don't, don't discount them because of where they're at. And that doesn't matter color. That doesn't matter social economic status. That doesn't, none of that matters. They've got a story. Everybody has values. That's right. And, and that's so true. That's so true. Now, I, I think I remember my sister and I were talking. I've grown kids. And uh, we did, uh, which I don't know why we did it. We did it one time, then we did it a second time. But we did uh, parent-taught driver's ed, right? Most stressful time of our life. Uh, still asking God to bring some healing there. Uh, but I was talking to my sister one day because she was doing parent-taught driver's ed with her daughter, and she said, I'll never do this again. And I was just kind of chuckling on the phone, and she said, you know, the reality is all we do is teach our kids how to drive like us, not the right way to drive. And I thought, what a powerful statement that's applicable to every area of our life. And what Paul is saying here is that we need it. Paul's saying, like, we need those spiritual fathers, if you will, spiritual fatherly experiences. That's why the church has to come in, because not everybody has that ability or can understand or see that or is at that place. Because we need to, we need people to, to we need to model for people what it looks like to be a Christ follower. And, and he says, and he says, basically, he's, what he's implying, follow me as I follow Jesus. Don't follow me as I follow popular thought today. Don't follow me as I follow pop culture. Don't follow me as I follow Republicans. Don't follow me as I follow Democrats. Don't follow me as I follow black. Don't follow me as I follow white. Follow me as I follow Christ. And that's what he's saying today. And so it's important for us to understand that. The imitators of Jesus, not everybody else around about you, not everything that's happening today, be imitators of Jesus and if they don't see it in you, hey, listen, you know, our kids are going to imitate, <laughs> say stuff. So let it be you. Let you be the strongest voice. Let you be the strongest voice in the house. And it's so important that we do that. Um, you know, in going just relationally, and we're almost out of time, um, you know, the Bible says to bear one another, another's burdens. Uh, the Bible says be quick to listen, slow to speak. And the Bible has a lot to say. Mourn with those who mourn, weep with those who weep. The Bible has a lot to say. And so if we're not modeling that intentionally with people that don't look like us, then how could we ever expect the next generation that we're hoping is going to create a, a unity? Um, how will they ever if we're not doing that ourselves? 
And so, um, and again, that's, an, that's a partnership with the church. And, and I want to, we're, we're going to kind of wrap this up here in just a minute. And I want to uh, share something um, that when I wrote these uh, five, I wrote four things down. Well, actually five, and I only shared four because the other one. Look at these cards and like, there's my to-do list. My wife must have slipped that card in there. Um, oh, there's what I want to eat for Father's Day right there. Okay. Um, <clears throat> it says there's many. It says, can we go back to 15. It says, for there are countless guides, in other translations, teachers in Christ, you do not have many fathers. And I thought about that for a moment because really it is a partnership with the church that, and because change is going to come from God's house and your house. And we're supposed to be in this together in a partnership. And so it says many teachers and not enough fathers. That's the problem. And here's what I, what I believe. Many believers don't even get to the point that they will grow themselves enough, mature enough that they can fill a spiritual father role with somebody else. Because sometimes we get just consumed with us or we come and go and come and go. And that's why we constantly are telling you about growth track and we're talking about groups and we're talking about getting involved and serving because those things help grow you and mature you. And the importance is that, and that is not just for your own benefit, but for the benefit of the others that are looking and don't have a fatherly experience in the home and they're looking for a mature believer that God wants to use to do that. So I think the reason why there's a shortage is because the church isn't stepping up at times and growing and maturing enough to be that for somebody else. And that's across racial barriers. And, and I think it's important to understand that, that maybe there's an absence of that, not as a knock on people, but maybe a knock on the church. What are we doing to create environments to help grow you so you can be that? And here's the other side of that coin. I think it's so important that at the end of our lives or as we grow in that, there is a sense of fulfillment and completion that will come when we've done what we're supposed to do. But I think many of us will lack something because we won't have a spiritual legacy to leave behind. And it's because we haven't grown and matured ourselves, crossing racial barriers, it doesn't matter, to a point that we, anybody, we can speak into or God will use us to be a blessing into the home like a single mom or just or a new believer. Or that have, let me just say this, just because there's a man in the house doesn't mean there's a fatherly experience there. And so partly that man might just think, well, I'm new to this and I don't know. And I, you know why sometimes it is? Sometimes men didn't have a, a good father. They didn't. They didn't have a good example. They didn't have someone to imitate. They didn't have someone that was having these conversations intentionally with them. And so they're desperately seeking uh, uh, somebody to have a fatherly experience and engage with them in their family. And so it's important for us to partner together. And uh, one of the things I want to I say, and then we're out of time, um, is about the church and, you know, intentionality of doing what we need to be doing, intentional discussions, um, intentional modeling, intentional relationship building. Um, sometimes for maybe some of us, this is as diverse as your life gets, coming to church. Maybe your environment, maybe your neighborhood, maybe your job, maybe your environment, I get that, I get that. It's not necessarily very, very diverse, but it shouldn't keep you from reaching out. And I wanna say this as your pastor, coming to this place, we celebrate, we're so thankful for the diversity here, and I'm amazed, and, and, and they, uh, they came from a, a background of maybe one, one race, kind of raising that, they, they, and, but yet God brought them to be in a diverse place. And, and I thought that, I love that, and I celebrate that, but listen, we can't celebrate it if we're not willing to feel the pain of it and the experience of it. And, and God, I wrote something this morning, God pressed on my, on my heart in line with that, being a diverse church. Church is not the place where you come and experience diversity. It's a place where you come and diversity experiences you. 
And so, so many people want to come and leave and, and, and maybe tell people, and yeah, oh yeah, I go to a diverse church, but they never engage or interact with diversity. And that's not the point of being in a diverse church. You come and you serve people that don't look like you. You come and you get in a group with people that don't look like you. You bring a meal to somebody that doesn't look like you. You call them on the phone. When's the last time you texted somebody? Well, I'm not in that environment out there, but yeah, but what about in here? If this is home, everybody should be engaging and allowing diversity to experience your gift, experience you. So we can't just walk away and say, I go to a diverse church unless diversity is experiencing us. And I just wanted to tell you that as your pastor, that's, that is my heart. And I know there's so many more things we can say. Can I say there's nothing we're going to cover in its entirety, but, but maybe this is the beginning of the discussion for us. And so I look to many uh, more opportunities like this, but I just wanted you to hear from our heart, the heart of this church today, my heart too, um, that in the world that we live in today, that there's so much diversity and so much division. I think uh, prayer is important, things we're doing, but I, I think the answer begins in God's house and in your house. And in those we partner together. And we can work together and we can bring about change. Amen? Amen. 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 I want to pray for all of us guys. Thank you so much. Hey, let's give these guys a big thank you for coming up today. I was, honestly, I was really nervous about this because this is not, I'm a creature of habit. I'm like, I'm coming up here now and with like note cards and, but I told these guys, man, if I just pass out, you guys keep going or whatever. Like this is, I'm nervous. What am I going to say? Uh, but I thank you for uh, I thank you for how God's created this team, put this team together. I thank you for both all of our pastors actually and, and their input and insight. But uh, let me pray. Let me pray for us, Father. I just thank you for this moment. I, I just in my heart, Lord, I knew this is all we were supposed to do was to get up and, and have a dialogue. And, and our prayer was that, Lord, not us but you. As we open our mouths, you fill it. Let your words speak. Let the Holy Spirit move and work. And everyone that whether they're here or online, let our heart come, Father God, and be your heart. Let Let them not see, Father God, an organization, but let them see, Father God, a family. Let us us be your your hands and your feet to everyone, Father God. Let Let us love like you and look like heaven. Father, we thank you that we can have these moments of discussion. And I pray, Father God, if there's hurts, then Lord, heal them. Father God, if there's barriers and walls that have been built, then break them down. If there's, Father God, confusion, bring clarity. Father, if there's chaos, bring peace. Father God. And if there's loneliness, bring relationship. Father God, may those families, may families and homes not feel alone, Father God. But Lord, through through your house and their house, Father God, we can come together and bring about change and create godly environments in Christ through the gospel. And the gospel always be our filter and our guide. We thank you, Father God, for bringing change. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.